Hello, hello, hello. This is Harriet Westmore with the Women in Public Safety podcast. Welcome back to another episode, another week, another episode. This is episode number 10. Um, Before we get into today's topic, I want to invite everybody who's listening on YouTube to hit that like, share, and subscribe. I want to get the algorithms going. I'm hoping to get um, more people to follow and become a subscribe members um, of the uh, podcast on YouTube. So please, if you will, hit that like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you're on um, listening by um, audio, which is on Spotify, um, iHeart, or any other podcast platforms, also please uh, like the podcast. So I really appreciate the uh, the support. Thank you. All right, I'm going to jump right on into it. Um, this topic today actually came out of a request for, for a listener who listened to one of the uh, prior uh, episodes that I've had. And they sent me a quick comment um, and wanted to talk about, want me to talk about this particular subject, which I've, you know, it is a very great subject and is a very needed and most common subject. And this called nepotism in the workplace and how to challenge that. I mean, this goes across all types of jobs, not just for people who work in public safety or uh, human services profession. This is just any type of job that is, you know, that you work, any type of uh, job place that you work is nepotism. And for those who don't know what nepotism actually is, it's basically a workplace that refers to the practicing of favoring relatives or friends by giving them jobs. Um, It's a form of favoritism that's based on relationships rather than the merits of their qualifications. And it occurs, like I said, in any type of workplace setting, private, public sectors, organizations, and governmental agencies. So I'm going to hone it down to particularly how nepotism affects those who work um, in public safety or in human services field. I see a lot of nepotism all the time in in my job, on my job. And, you know, the main issue is you, these individuals who are related to somebody who's related to somebody or who knows them personally are given positions that they are may or essentially are not qualified for, but because they're somebody's daughter or somebody's son or somebody's niece, uncle, cousin, brother, sister, they get the job. And with that, how does that affect us as other, you know, staff and employees? Well, it compromises the, uh, the skills and qualifications because if they don't know what they're doing on that job, it causes a lot of um, problems when you're given directives from somebody who doesn't know, you know, anything, but they just, you know, happen to be in that position because of who they know and, and so forth. So it also undermines the quality of service given to the, to the public. And it's a crucial, um, it's a crucial point as far as, gaining our trust with the public, but 
the public can't trust us because we're, you know, a lot of people are put, put in positions because of who they know or who they're related to. It's not because based on qualifications or their skills or their professionalism. And it does uh, create uh, uh, bad morale for everybody else. Um, and I know for a fact, uh, you know, it's like, what's the point of even applying for a position? And because I've come to that point, what's the point of applying? I know that I'm qualified in a lot of the um, open positions that I have uh, was interested in in applying. I knew I was qualified for it. I knew I was I'm probably overqualified, to be honest. But I didn't. But you don't get an interview. But the next thing you know, you see someone that, you know, good and well, who shouldn't have gotten that position Next thing you know, they're now in that position. How did they, you know, why? When, you know, you know them, maybe you know them personally and know their work ethic or lack thereof. And, but then they are giving the uh, position. You know, at least I would want a opportunity to show my skills and, and be get an interview and to, you know, sell myself and is why I feel like I'm qualified for the job. But if you don't even get a, a interview and but then somebody else does not only get an interview, they actually get the job, you know, or let's let's put it this way. They go through the interview and I'm saying air quotes just for go through the process, but they already know they have the job. Right. They already know. They're going to they're going to put that person in the position. But, you know, to keep up, you know, try to go through correct protocol, you know, they'll have that interview. You know, and so what does that do for the rest of us, rest of us who are, you know, definitely qualified or definitely and wants to advance in our careers? But, you know, feel like why why should we? Why should we? And I personally am not the person that. um I don't brown nose. I don't kiss anybody's behind. I don't suck up to any supervisors or anything like that. Just to um, hopefully to hope that I get, you know, promoted. I've always, I guess I'm old school, old, old school. And I was taught, you know, you work for what you achieve. You got to work for it and you got to earn it. And I've always had that belief. It had that uh, ethical attitude, which is why I'm probably not where I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be ever going to be in a supervisory position or anything, you know, higher than that. Um, Especially when, you know, when you're working in agencies, public agencies, private agencies, such as in law enforcement or human services or anything like that. A lot of it is so political. You have to deal with the politics and I just don't play politics. I just don't do that. I go with my uh, morals and and integrity. um, And I feel that I try to, you know, show what I can do based on my experience, based on my profession, you know, my professional background, my education um, and other skills that I, I have you know, went out on my own to make the initiative to do professional development. I feel that I'm, you know, qualified for the position. But 
It doesn't matter. A lot of times it does not matter. And also um, nepotism creates potential for conflict of interest. You know, the impartiality and objectivity of employees are paramount. We know that's very important. Um, It leads to personal relationship that may influence professional decisions because you have a close relationship with that person. You can't make professional decisions based on your personal relationship. It's like husband and wife, you know, they, you know, the wife might have gotten promoted by, you know, and the husband is involved in the same department or whatever. They may have different um, jobs, uh, but they may have to go against each other on certain um, issues according to their position. And if you don't make the right professional decision for the good of the whole department, you're, you know, you're, or you're favoring one, favoring towards your partner or whoever, knowing that it's not good for the position that you're in for the uh, department, then, you know, it's, it's a conflict of interest. And, you know, not only that, I mean, I guess, you know, the obvious is a legal and ethical concerns. Um, you know, a lot of opinions are raised that, uh, especially when you work in a public se- sector, that legal uh, ethics comes into play, which is why we um, go, we all every year, we have to do these online learnings, e-learnings of uh you know, different courses that we have to do every single year, the same, and they're usually the same uh, courses, the same format and everything, the same videos, but we have to do it. And one of the main um, course that we have to, you know, actually mandatory to do is called is ethics. You know, when you're working in a public agency, especially governmental agencies, it's all about the public's trust. And you have to um, learn ethics. What is ethical? What can you do? What you cannot do that is uh, considered ethic or unethical. But at the same time, we're required to know this, but it still happens anyway. It still happens anyway. You know, they're just do I mean, they do it behind doors and... And in the way they do it, 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 it go through they go through the correct protocol, so-called protocol. But I mean, we internally know how it all how this person gained their position. And but you know, we have to understand that there are a lot of uh ethics, ethical situations that you just can't cross the line. But it's done anyway. So, you know, what what do you say? So how do we challenge it? How do we challenge these? Well, if you're in a union, you can also, I mean, you know, that's the obvious is grieve, grieve the uh, file grievances. Whatever will come out of it, 
you know, who knows? But I mean, it, it, it at the least, it does raise the alarm if you file a grievance, if, if you're a unionized um, organization. Um, but, and it also comes from policies from HR by implementing these strict and enforce these hiring policies uh, that that will deter nepotism. Um, organizations to have clear, transparent, and fair hiring practices and prioritize qualifications and experience over personal relationships. That's ideal. Um, also promoting a cultural of meritocracy, meritocracy, which is encouraging a culture where performance or qualifications are valued above all, which can help mitigate the effects of nepotism. We also have whistleblower protections. Now that, you know, mm, that's an interesting view. Uh, whistleblowers um, that's a whole nother t- topic and I may uh, do a whole uh, podcast segment about whistleblowing also it's suggested for regular audits and reviews regular audits and reviews of hiring practices and workplace culture can help identify and address ne- nepotism head on those are some of the some of the uh ways to address it head on and um, challenge nepotism. Call it out. Call it out for what it is. I, th- I know um, for us in law enforcement, you know, you do, you do have a union and you can grieve it. Whether, you know, like I said earlier, just whether whether the outcome is in, fa- in your favor or not, the fact that you brought it up. And, uh, you know, keep a paper trail. I always encourage everybody um, to keep a paper trail. Keep document. Because documentation is everything. You see things going on. And you did your due diligence to follow protocol. And the issue is still not resolved. You still document it. Because the, what's the saying? If you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. Right? So document the issue. Document what steps you took. The right protocol. The people that you went to to address the issue. And the outcome of that issue. Whether positive or negative. Document it. So if it's come to a point to where you're grieving something, especially when it comes to nepotism, you can give an actual um, date and throw a um, file civil well uh, civil rights lawsuit um, EEOC. There's different uh, legal remedies that you can go through for that. If it gets to that really that bad and that, you know, to that point, um, you're being 
you know, that's another address um, issue to address later on. But we all go through nepotism. We all have ex experienced it in some form. Um, we can always say, well, this is how it is. It is what it is. And, you know, you don't do anything or you do something. And if it's not addressed properly, at least you did your part. Not saying anything is not, you know, it's nothing going to happen if you don't say anything. And even if you do say something, it doesn't happen. At least, you know, in your heart of hearts that you did what you could do. So don't um, ever feel that you should just sit back and just take up and take it. Utilize the steps that are available to you. Um, still apply for positions. Even though you might know in your heart and, you, you know, I might not get this position, but you never know. You never know who is actually watching and you never know when people sees what's going on and, or, and is tired of it. And they themselves are watching and they are trying to address the problem in their own section in their own um, way in their own area um, and like I said you can always always uh, challenge if you don't get an interview when you know that you are qualified for the position and you know that whoever so and so received that position challenge personnel well why did they you know I have them pull up. They can pull their uh, their criteria of how they of how they uh, come up to decide to choose their candidate. And if they can't justify why, you know, legally justify why they did not even give you an interview but this person received that position and they can compare the qualifications there you go you can definitely challenge that definitely challenge it so so that's I thought that was a very interesting topic and I want to thank the viewer and the listener who gave me this suggestion to talk about because it is very, very common, especially in, in our, in our uh, profession. So there you have it. Um, definitely want to hear your feedback definitely want to hear stories if you personally have experienced it definitely want to hear hear from you and how did you handle your situation you can email me at public safety by women at gmail.com or you can comment if you're listening by um, YouTube please put the comments below and tell me your story and if you have any other suggestions, I, I'm, I, I welcome any other topics of suggestions for us to discuss. 
I'll be more than happy to uh, accommodate and, and, you know, because there's, there's so much, there's so many stories. There's so many issues that we could talk about in our profession. So I want to hear directly from you. What type of topics would you like me to discuss in our episode? All right. This is episode number 10. You guys stay safe. I'll talk to you next week and be blessed and not stress. All right. Peace.